Hello and a very warm welcome to the Women in Tech SEO podcast, where your hosts are myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland and Barrett, and the wonderful Areed Abu Ali, SEO consultant and founder of the Women in Tech SEO community. This week, we are joined by the wonderfully amazing Iselin Muller-Hauser, who is a SEO nerd and content strategist and also hosts of community SEO Nerd Switzerland and content strategy Lausanne on Twitter. And she's a lover of cats and the outdoors. Hello to the both of you. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Arage and everybody. This episode is sponsored by Mediasesh. Mediasesh is an SEO consulting and training firm located in Denver, Colorado. They help businesses to be found by their customers on search engines. Their newest initiative is to help bridge the gaps between SEO and accessibility. Their founder most recently conducted a webinar where she spoke with three brilliant women in the accessibility space to discuss how there's a discrepancy between how SEOs optimize images using the alt text field and how they should. You can learn more about that on their Twitter handle, which is at Mediasesh, spelt M-E-D-I-A-S-E-S-H, or their website, www.mediasesh.com. You can also follow their founder, Christina Brodsky, on Twitter, which is at C Brodsky. Spout C B R O D Z K Y. How how are we both doing? Yeah, really, really good over here. Super excited to have Isaline on with us. She is one of my favorite people on the community, and I know I probably say that about a lot of people, but I <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> you can have multiple favorites, Arij. That's that's okay. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Isalyn, tell us more about you. I'm so excited that we've got you here. And you do so much, like your meetups and your you have a lot of different things that you host locally as well. So we'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Yes, thank you for welcoming me um, today. It, I'm really happy to nearly meet you in person, at least get to talk to you instead of writing. And... Um, so usually on Saturday mornings, I would be at my rowing training on the lake. So wow. um, I'm not unhappy to be here inside because the weather is not that good. So it was a beautiful excuse not to go and sleep a little longer. So, so I'm really happy to join you this morning. And yes, I, I co-host two communities, one of them with uh, my one of my best friends, uh, Sarah. It's SEO Nerd Switzerland, and we just felt that it was really important to um, bring some knowledge about SEO to the Swiss people and also curate the content that we find interesting and the articles that we find are worth reading and good sources. Because very often when people look for information on internet, it can be overwhelming with all of the articles and when one is a beginner it's difficult to know what article is a good article and can be trusted and what is a good source yeah 
Yeah, I, I love your meetup and uh, I, I love that you continue doing it um, during the lockdown world we're in right now, which meant that you managed to get a lot of awesome uh, people that you normally wouldn't have managed to get if you were based locally. Um, I know that you recently had one with Ruth on accessibility, which was absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, I, I love that you've continued doing that even in the current lockdown world we're in. I suppose this is one of the good thing of the COVID situation. If I mean, if we can say it's it's uh, there are good things in the situation. It's uh, geography doesn't not matter anymore when you do things online. So, indeed, it was really a huge privilege for Sarah and I to get to to invite and welcome people that we look up to. And we've been stalking and, uh, <laughs> on Twitter and reading every articles. So it was a wonderful feeling for, for Sarah and me to, to welcome them and get the chance to sort of share, share the speaker with the community, you know? Yeah. yeah. And for those who don't know, it's uh, Sarah Mukand and she is absolutely brilliant. She recently spoke at Brighton SEO and just, completely kicked ass with her talk. So yeah, th thanks so much for mentioning her and she's definitely a valued member of the community. Awesome. And can you just tell us a little bit more about how you set up your own business? I started my my own business about a little bit over a year ago. I was working in a wonderful um, web development agency with very inspiring people, but I felt that it was time for me to step on my own and be able to provide the type of service um, to maybe smaller clients that I couldn't work with in a big agency. So that was very important and a very interesting step. So I don't regret it a minute. I would now like to do a sort of like quick, fun, quick fire round questions if you're up for that. So just stupid questions. And I just want you to answer with the first thing that comes into your head. Let's do game? this. Awesome. Yes, okay. <laughs> Question number one. Why are frogs so good at jumping? They have long legs. Yes, that would help, wouldn't it, with uh, being able to jump. Uh, Favourite colour? Green. Ah, I like the theme. Frogs to green. Would you say you are good at DIY? Uh, depends of what kind of DIY. If it includes a machine that makes noises, I get scared. So I can't, I can't like make a hole in my wall to suspend my posters, for example. Okay. So you're more with the manual tools than the power yes, tools. Exactly. You're at a restaurant. Are you odd? I mean, yeah, pre-COVID or after COVID, you're sat at a restaurant. Are you having a starter or dessert? It depends on what time you eat the cheese. Um, some people eat it sort of as a dessert after the meal or at the apero before the meal. So I suppose both if it's cheese. <laughs> Love your answer. Um, is jogging fun? It can be, yeah. Okay, cool. And your last quickfire question. What is the last thing that you made? Bread? Like anything, like food-wise or creative-wise or anything. Last thing that you made. I think it was bread. Ah, nice. What kind of bread? Yeah. Uh, Gluten-free bread. 
I have to make my own because I'm a celiac. So, and I have a boat, a, a, a Dutch oven. So it makes everything different. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. I mean, I've never made bread, so maybe, maybe I can get some tips from you. I've yeah, I've never made bread either, and I think people should have both starters and dessert. Like, there's no room to only have one of them. You should definitely have both every time. <laughs> yes, indeed. Awesome. Well, I think before we kind of kick into our main topic and talk all things multilingual, um, I really want to learn a little bit more about, you know, what empowers you as a woman in our industry and what, what do you feel has been one of the things that empowered you the most um, to reach where you are right now? It is watching other women that I admire. I only very recently understood what role model is as when I was younger I used to say oh no role model what is it I don't need that I don't care but today I'm a little older and I realized that it's very inspiring to see how other women behave and for example in the webinar um, SEO Nerd Switzerland it's it was very interesting to see uh, how Roxana answered people's questions even yeah. when they were tricky and just you know generally speaking we see how other people behave and have sort of a new new standards of what is good and what is okay it's reassuring to do something when i've seen someone doing it yeah i absolutely love that and and for those who don't know that's roxana stingo an absolutely brilliant technical seo um, and yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's why representation matters, right? Because uh, if we if we don't see ourselves represented on stage or if we don't see ourselves represented in the workplace, then we're going to struggle to, to get inspired and to get empowered. Yes, and I think this is one of the wonderful things that this community provides. I mean, Women in Tech SEO community is that it provides a whole range of representations. And I believe that I can find someone I can relate to, but someone also very different from me can find someone else. And so this wide range of different people, this is, that's truly amazing. Yeah, I love that. And Iseline, so for women who are just starting off in the industry, let's say they're in their first year, um, what advice would you give them? If you want to be a business, behave like a business. And when I say that, I mean, one of the things that's helped me is getting uh, someone who, who does my bookkeeping, getting a lawyer to help me write contracts in terms of agreement. So it means if you want to be a business, just be as reliable as someone you would like to uh, start a business with. I think it sets healthy work relationships for any clients that needs you. So we invited you today to chat about multilingual SEO. Um, so yes, I'm very excited about this topic um, because it's something that I don't know that much about. Um, so I want to start off with the basics here. Um, so can you explain to our audience what multilingual SEO is and maybe give some examples? 
So multilingual SEO is when you create and try to improve a website that is in more than one languages. So namely, you are trying to attract traffic for more than one, one speaking languages. And you have to imagine that in Switzerland, we speak three, nearly four languages, and this is only the national languages. But And we have every household products in several languages. But imagine someone who is even um, like who has another mother tongue, like comes from Albania, for instance. And you have to make your website in a national language, but also available to someone who has a different level of language than yours. So one of the things that I would like people to remember is that multilingual languages is It's not only for the people who have this mother tongue, but also for the people who live in the country and have another mother tongue. Mm. I four languages in Switzerland. That that must be. I mean, yeah, ha, that that must be quite. Int- what what are the languages? So we have 80, about 80% percent is Swiss German. About I um, think twelve to fifteen percent is French, like me. Um, another. I suppose another small percentage is uh, Ticino Italian, like Sarah Mocan. And then we have a few people talking Romance. But this is a really, really small market share. Wow. that's and, and everyone is, or the majority of people are fluent in English as well, right? Uh, yes. I, th- I think that I would say that English is second language more yeah. than another la- national language yeah yeah that's I, i i think i think that's amazing and that explains so much about why a lot of swiss people are extremely smart people um because from the a very young age they're trained on having a lot of languages that they that they speak um i wanted to touch in a little bit about if someone is talking about internationalization and internationalization seo versus multilingual seo what, what is one way that we can differentiate between those two um That's a really good question. What are you? What would be internationalization SEO if it's not multilingual? Right. Yeah, I find it extremely interesting because I think there are a lot of there are some websites at least that, for example, if they tackle, um, let's say, the US and the UK market, um, and in both cases it's English, so it's not specifically a different language. Then, oh yes. Yeah. So that would be, yes, I understand. That would be like Swiss German and German. Something I can relate to. Um, So I think this is where SEO um, comes closest to branding. um, Because you can write a a website that sounds, sounds, if I go back to what I know, that sounds German or or a website that sounds Swiss, Swiss German. For instance, I had a, cl- a client in the rental um, field and we were discussing. So I was doing the keyword search and clustering things in, in French. And of course, the market being 80% Swiss German, one needs to translate, which means that I was looking for alternatives for project page and project names that were German, right? And so I translated my keyword search. But the thing is, the kind of words I had that the dictionary could give me were not the words that were actually used by the people. So in this case scenario, it means that using 
the dictionary words will make the website not sound Swiss yeah. and, and will change the level of trust that people would have in the service or product. And so in such a scenario, it's, I just talked to someone whose first language is Swiss German, who is living in the Swiss German part of Switzerland, because it could tell me, for instance, oh, yes, for guarantee de loyer, which is rental guarantee, I suppose. Um, I was like, oh, well, I found mit guarantee and mit since guarantee. And it was like, no, nobody uses that. Yeah. Everybody uses mit caution. So it's the type of things one cannot know if if one doesn't talk with someone who's local. Yeah, we ha we have that all the time with Arabic. So I'm I'm fluent in Arabic, but I'm I'm Egyptian, so that's Egyptian Arabic. And even though we have a lot of the same words, the Arabic that we speak in Egypt versus the one they speak in Jordan or Lebanon or Saudi Arabia or so forth, there's a lot of difference in the actual um, you know context of the words and meanings. And people who are local would notice that right away if they go into a website and they read you know a specific article or or so on. So w would you say that's definitely one of the challenges of multilingual SEO? And, and if so, what other challenges are there? Mm, I think another challenge is, so the challenge is, is choosing the, the right words in terms of SEO and in terms of branding, because it, as I said, it would have a, a different, it gives, words gives a different impression to people, like on the sort of emotional level and the the other thing it's um confusing translating and copywriting so lots of people are like oh yes uh, i'm going to translate the website and most of the time i'm like no you don't need someone to translate you need someone to copyright because you want to have the same feeling that you're giving and so one of the the mistake would be to just translate on a very, just in a very descriptive way, whereas you need to transfer your brand. That's a very interesting point because I'm guessing some people, when they like, think about um, different languages and multilingual SEO, they probably think, oh, surely this is just like a translating but you have to make sure that um the words and not just the words that you're picking but the how you're putting words together is in fitting with your brand and that's very key isn't it and do you think that's that's sometimes what people sort of forget about and they just think oh we just need to translate it word for word and they sort of forget about what the the feeling or the characterization of the business yes i think someone who who might not have experienced this multilingual specifics because when one learns a language, you know, sometimes you say words and you don't know the sort of second meaning and it turns out what you said is a joke and <laughs> you don't know, and you don't know why is it a joke, but you've just made a joke. And I think if you've never been in that situation, it would be difficult to understand this sort of second meaning. And I thought that one of the last podcasts, uh, sorry, SEO, SES, you recorded yes. with uh, Gemma Fontane, she yeah. also pointed out with the example of Spanish that you have to think about the cultural reality of the people and the time of the year, like the season might be different from one continent to another. 
even if this, it's the same language. So, and I thought that was another very interesting point to, um, to say. This is something I don't experience because Swiss German, they have winter at the same time that we have winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with the example of Spanish, so that's uh, very so, interesting. I mean, there's a lot at stake really, isn't there? So yeah, not only have you got to think about using the right words and making sure that they're right for your brand, but you've also got to think, okay, seasonality and what also what's happening in that country that you're writing for as well. Um, so so what are the sort of, um, are there any like sort of tips that you can give us about how to like successfully tackle this? Yes, I think the first tip um, is manage the client's expect expectation. If you do a keyword search, in my case in French, and I'll say, okay, I'll just translate it to German to see if there's no nothing that goes completely against my finding. However, if you want to have a real targeting and attract the traffic, you need someone who has this mother tongue to actually do the keyword search. So really uh, manage expectation about if you don't hire the people who speak the language to do the keyword search, you are not going to have the same types of results in terms of traffic. So that would be one thing and also the best is to hire a copywriter that comes from the place that are local. Because if you have a copywriter from France writing something for Swiss people, even though it's in French, it's going to sound French. And which is not necessarily what you want if your market is the Swiss market. So I think, again, it's about client's expectation. You have to precise that one language has to be prioritized over the others because the original language, what I call the original language, is the number one language in which the website is validated and then it's translated in secondary language. So the client has to choose the original language is going to be the best. Yeah, I, I love that. And even other than putting content SEO aside, I know this is something that's very popular for digital PR as well and is extremely important. So having worked with, quite closely with some digital PR teams when I was agency side, we had a lot of the same thing on stake here where if someone is going to be doing the outreach for a specific country or region, then it's definitely better that they are from that country and region and they are familiar with um, you know, how to interact with journalists and what topics are. So I think everything you're saying definitely applies to that as well. Is this something that you've, you've had experience with or, um, or you can give some advice on uh, for, you know, agencies and companies who um, maybe are trying to go with the shortcut rather than actually hire people who, uh, who are familiar with the language and with the local area? Um, I think the shortcut in the end, it would be, an investment that was not really worth it because it's not going to work at the moment. <clears throat> sorry, I work with a client who is very, who is providing service in the marketing area and they have a very good uh, blog, lots of very interesting articles, brilliantly written by people who live in France. And so they attract two thirds more of traffic that are French and a little bit of traffic that is Swiss when their market is Swiss because they are located in Switzerland. So now they are in this situation where they have to 
to rethink the whole content and leverage, you know, do the keyword search and the clustering and leverage the articles to target the actual market they want to target. So in the end, the investment is higher than if you do that from first, you know. Yeah, I love that. You're completely right, right? It's it's about investment long term, and even if we feel like we're spending a little bit more initially, it's going to be worth it on the on the long run. Awesome. So, I mean, ju- just to wrap up, uh, do you have any favorite resources that you would recommend for people who are getting into multilingual SEO? Mm, very good question. I I need to think about it and and get back to you about that and answer question afterwards. Yeah, yeah. If anyone reached to me on Twitter, because I've been living in this situation for so long that this is not a subject that I research. It's just a subject that is part of how I work. Yeah. So. And I think that applies to a lot of things in SEO, right? It's like learning by doing and learning by actually being added in the situation and having to kind of sort it out. Yes, but definitely listening to SEO SES with Jima. I think she gave lots of very interesting uh, inputs there. Wonderful. Well, um, what we will do is um, at the end of the podcast, um, we'll sort of say where people can get in touch with you. So if they've got any questions or they want to carry on picking your brain, they can do. Um, awesome. My, I very much enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I've learned a lot in a short space of time. So thank you very much. Um, are you ready for a bit of a fun feature? Yes, I am. <laughs> Yay. Okay, right. So it has got a, a tenuous link to what we have been talking about today, because obviously we've been talking about multilingual SEO. And this week's feature is um, I'm going to quiz you on your capital European city knowledge. Oh, geography is hard for me. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's multiple choice, so uh, I'm making it a little bit easier for you. Um, my geography is rubbish, just if that makes you feel any um, <laughs> better. Uh, but okay, let's, and I'll probably pronounce some of the uh, countries wrong, which is probably horrendous as well. Okay, first one. Um, what is the capital city of, hang on. Sorry, right. I've uh, I'm going to beep this bit out because um I had the wrong one up. Beep. Lisbon is the capital city of which country? Russia? Portugal. Oh, you didn't even need the the answers there, did you? We should we should uh, make it more Portugal, difficult. No, yes, no multiple correct. choice questions. <laughs> Sorry, Arige. Oh, I, I was just saying we should make it more difficult. No multiple choice options. Okay, um, multiple <laughs> choice is coming off the table. Vienna is the capital city of which country? Uh, say it again, please. Vienna. Austria. Yes. Wonderful. Oslo is the capital city of which country? Norway. You're you're flying at this. Would you would you be doing <laughs> reach? Yeah, I, I'm I'm I feel I'm pretty good as well. I know all the answers so far. 
I feel like I need to look at a map every night before bed because my geography <laughs> is so, so bad. Warsaw, where, what, what capital city is that for which country? Who, who's answering? I know the answer. I know the um, answer, but I don't know. <laughs> should we, should we, should we I say mean, the answer could... at three? Yes. So, okay. Three, two, one. Two, one. Poland? Poland. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the combined effort here. Um, awesome. And then the last one, and um, if you get this right, Isoline, then you've got five out of five. Stockholm, where's that? What capital city is that? Sweden. Yes. Woo. <laughs> I think Is- Isaline initially was worried. She thought we were going to ask like really, really difficult questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to be kind with my features. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to feel like you're winning at something, don't you? But we don't. Do we win anything? Is there a prize? Oh gosh, is pride not enough? Do you need a prize? Uh, well, um, yes, that that is that brings us to the end of this week's Women in Tech SEO podcast. Time has flown by, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Um, so, Isalyn, if people want to carry on the sort of learning or carry on the conversation with you, how how best can they do that? Where 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 are you? Where can you be found? So, I can be found uh, on the Slack channel if you are part of the community. Um, there, most nearly every day. Otherwise, Twitter is good, and LinkedIn. You know the usual channels. Um, I'm there. I'm reachable. Wonderful. Areej, how can people get in touch with us and the Women in Tech SEO podcast? Yeah, so we're on womenintechseo.com. You'll find the podcast up there on the nav or forward slash podcast. Um, And yeah, definitely get in touch if you want to speak. You can fill a form. Um, If you want to sponsor us, you can also fill a form. Um, And yeah, I just hope everyone gets to be part of the community and we get to have a lot of more awesome conversations like we've just had with Isolin wonderful 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 well um apart from that the only thing that i would say is if you're enjoying our podcast and you're not yet a subscriber and uh, then please do subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast because then you get notifications of when wonderful episodes go live um and yes i suppose the only thing for us all to say is goodbye and until next time yep. goodbye thanks for joining goodbye and thank you Thank you.